1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA Member FDSE.
0: Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Bye, bye party driven by Mungan S St. Louis Acura here on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan and the gentleman virtually standing across from me is Action Jackson, Jackson Burkett. The ladies love him. The most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. What a fun thing it is to be 24, wealthy, uh, born into it, but yet acts like he's not. Jackson Burkett. Good morning, Jackson.
1: Morning, Tim. 25 on Monday. Wow, we got to have a birthday gala for you. Yeah, yeah, I figured that. What would you, what would you like? Would you like Dennis Gates on the program? Um, Dennis Gates on the program, and uh, what I really would like is an SEC championship uh, from Nashville this weekend. That would be the greatest birthday gift of them all.
2: Let me, let me present a scenario for you.
1: Ooh, I like scenarios.
2: Bazzori loses on Friday to Tennessee, whomever but then they go into the sweet 16. I assume you'd make that trade off in a heartbeat.
1: Yes. Yes, I okay. would take a I would take further uh, NCAA tournament aka the Big Dance run than an SEC nice. championship cuz even if you win the SEC championship you're not the champion of the SEC. You're, you know, Alabama's taken that already. They've won the regular season. It would be nice cuz you'd move up a seed or two, but
2: yeah, i Do you take... think seed they'd be if they won the SEC tournament?
1: That'd be three more quad one wins. Uh, I'd say if they could hold the opponents to like under 60 and two of the three, I think they could jump to a six because that would really help their defensive predictive uh, measures, their, the, how the computers look at it. Uh, but if they win all three games, I'd say the ceiling is f- five is the absolute ceiling, six more likely. And if they lose Friday, eight seed pretty much locked right.
2: in. There it is. You got to You got a breakdown there from Jackson. Did you want it? I don't know if you did, but it's Jackson's birthday coming up on Monday. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have a real gala on this program, and it's going to be a celebration for the ages. Uh, You are welcome to text in 314-399-9646. The Air Comfort Service text line is how you can communicate with this program Anytime you would like. Darren Pang is going to uh, join us coming up here uh, at about 1045 on the show. And we have breaking news in the sports world. And uh, this is uh, something that broke early this morning. Oh, about 90 minutes ago and is now making its way around mainstream media outlets. Uh, TMZ. With the exclusive, and I read, Tiger Woods' latest girlfriend of about six years is taking the golf legend to court over an NDA she claims he made her sign. And she's citing a law that prohibits NDAs when there is evidence of sexual assault or harassment. Erica Herman filed legal documents, which were obtained by TMZ which spell her grievances out clear as day. Namely, she alleges Tiger Woods made her sign an NDA at the start of their relationship, which was, according to her, around August of 2017, which she now says is being wrongfully enforced on her. In the paperwork, Herman says a private trust that Tiger runs is attempting to steamroll her into keeping quiet about their relationship by aggressively enforcing the NDA she signed. She argues in her legal documents the NDA should be declared unenforceable under the federal Speak Out Act, which prohibits the enforceability of a nondisclosure agreement agreed to before a dispute arises involving sexual assault or sexual harassment. By the sounds of it, she and Tiger are no longer together, but she doesn't specify when they broke up. Publicly, there's been no sign of a split, although TMZ says they've not seen them together for a while now, even it is Latest golf outing a few weeks ago. In any case, Herman says she's seeking clarity from the court here because, according to her, she is eager to share her experiences with Tiger. She wants a judge to declare the non disclosure agreement invalid and unenforceable. TMZ says they have reached out to Tiger's team so far. No word back. Uh, the Speak Out Act, which she is referencing, is brand new. Uh, it was signed. Uh, in uh, to law by Congress in November of 2022. So celebrities, uh, high profile people, and even in business transactions with non high profile people, NDAs are quite commonplace. But what this law changes is if there is sexual assault or harassment, so that is what Tiger Woods uh, girlfriend uh, is claiming here, then therefore the NDA should not be valid. And that is why she has submitted papers to a court to try to get it um, taken off and unenforceable. And so therefore, that means she is accusing Tiger Woods of sexual assault or harassment. So you have a significant story. If you had uh, two exes talking bad about each other, uh, we would be hosting entertainment tonight. Jackson would be a wonderful Mary Hart.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I think I'd be a cute Kevin Frazier. But in this case, since it involves uh, something with regards to the law, uh, it is a different set of circumstances. Tiger Woods, of course, starting in 2009, had plenty of off-the-course controversy. And then the injuries, and then a decade later, he returned from all of that to win the Masters. And I would say his approval rating is somewhere in the uh, high majority of 70s or 80%. Um, And it was considered an incredible comeback story of overcoming ridiculous odds in 2019. And I would say he now has this golf statesman uh, like profile that despite everything that happened years ago, uh, he puts him in the same category or maybe even greater than the likes of Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus. But this story just breaking this morning from TMZ and now making its way to other outlets, more of the mainstream variety. Uh, certainly is something that is gaining a great deal of attention. Jackson, uh, any reactions on this uh, breaking story this morning involving Tiger Woods?
1: Uh, It's certainly a very significant story and something to monitor. There's just so little information at the moment that it's tough to make any deductions on what is going on, what's going to happen. So I'll be very curious to follow this story as it develops. Um, Yeah, that's, and I I wish I could say more on it, but truly like without the information, I feel like it would be wrong to spout off on it.
2: Sure. I mean, and and that's, that's the responsible way to handle it. It's a, it's a unique set of circumstances. um, And, you know, but, Certainly, some people would say one thing about Tiger, and then other people would say one thing about his uh, seemingly ex-girlfriend. But the reality is none of us know anything. Right. What we do know is this has gone to court. This isn't like a podcast interview you no know, where it. somebody's talking bad about their ex, whether it be ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, ex-wife, ex-husband, ex-employer, ex-employee, all of the things where – i always say if you want to find somebody to talk bad about a person talk to their ex-girlfriend ex-boyfriend ex-wife ex-husband ex-employer ex-employee whatever the case might be and that's where you're going to find your dirt this is a different set of circumstances when you go to court and now you're trying to get this speak out act to lift an nda she is taking legal action and the only way the nda gets lifted is if there is sexual assault so it's uh it's taking it to a different level and uh certainly Uh, It is something for someone with the profile that Tiger Woods has. It is uh, it is going to and is gaining a great deal of attention this morning. So that is a breaking story this morning involving Tiger Woods. And we will certainly have any news with regards to that if Tiger Woods or his attorney were to address it this morning. Uh, You are welcome to text in with your thoughts. Three one four. Three nine 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 six four six. Darren Pang is going to join us coming up at ten forty five. And here on today's program, uh, Jackson, what do you have for the people? Tell the people what banquet you have prepared for them on Munganest's presentation of balloon party
1: today, Tim. I have prepared the Little Pills Wednesday worksheet. That's right, folks. Class is in session, and the homework is due. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting better. I'm really, I'm really coming uh, into my own.
2: No, I'm excited about it. This is this is you know this is something that usually happens for somebody producing a one hour midday show when they're forty, right? And here you are at twenty four and three hundred sixty days, kind of showing. Uh, precociousness that has to have people in the listening audience really excited.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I turned down the Forbes 30 under 30. Um, I didn't need that exposure, but just know that, you know, there's interest.
2: Yeah, people, people are buzzing about this. People also buzzing about uh, the Bracket Madness Pick'Em Challenge. Show off your NCAA tournament knowledge by signing up to play in this year's 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Pick'Em Challenge. You can register now to participate at 101ESPN.com. Once the bracket is set, make your picks for this year's tournament. It is free to enter. And the top scorer will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. See the contest rules and get signed up to play in Bracket Madness now at 101ESPN.com. 101 ESPN's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge is brought to you by Neutral and by Twin Peaks. 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge now available at 101ESPN.com and brought to you by Neutral and by Twin Peaks. Jackson, when Missouri is in the NCAA tournament, how do you handle filling out brackets?
1: Uh, you got to I try to be as unbiased as possible. What I've noticed as a as a lifelong NCAA basketball fan is it seems like the more you know, the less uh, successful you are when it comes to filling out a bracket because so much is up in the air. Um, I, I try to answer it as truthfully as possible. Obviously, there's going to be bias in there, so you do your best to take it out. Um, but, you know, if I like the matchups... But with Missouri, they can really beat any team in the country, and they can lose to almost any team in the country with how wide their delta is from three-point line and how ineffective they can be on defense sometimes. So it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, there's a couple teams I'm looking at this year that I think can make runs, UCLA being one of them. I think Kansas could easily repeat again. I think Alabama's nasty. So I think there's some. But outside of that, everybody's liable for an upset. Everyone. Outside of those three teams I just mentioned, I think any of them are liable for an upset.
2: Would you fill out a bracket with Kansas witty detortebid?
1: Hey, listen, you know, you don't what you've always told me, you don't make business decisions based on emotions. So my Amen, sir. My, Amen. my predetermined Amen, sir. biased against Kansas cannot sway me from what I see on the hardwood. And Kansas is coming out of a big twelve that was lethal just a gauntlet this year and an unbelievable quad one record I mean just I think 15 or 16 quad one wins for Kansas Uh, well coached a lot of stars they lack a little hype but I think that they can repeat just as well as anyone big 12 teams I think have a little bit of an edge in this tournament just based on how difficult their conference was this year
2: Funny you should say that because Joey Lenordi's Bracketology is out this morning uh, on ESPN.com. And he has seven Big 12 teams in the tournament and eight SEC teams in a tournament. Big 10 with 10 is the highest representation. And here is what he's got in the Midwest region. Kansas taking on SEMO. And then in the next line, Buzori. Having a rematch of 2009 Sweet 16 against John Calipari's Memphis Tigers, Memphis and Missouri in Des Moines, and the winner gets Kansas unless they were to get beat by SEMO.
1: Mm, yeah, I would. Lo- lo- would you travel
2: them. to Des Moines for that?
1: No. Because I would get bad seats, and I want to be. I, 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 in the tur- during the tournament, I want to watch on TV. I need to hear what the announcers are saying. I need all the audio correctly. I mean, if it was in St. Louis, different story. But to travel like that, not for me. Possibly, we be might be live streaming things for me. If that's the if that's the case, that'd be yeah. Difficult. I
2: understand. We are going to have a camera on you. Uh, KG and KGO Town of TMA is going to have a camera on you and live stream. I mean, I'm I'm for real going to watch the game and have the live stream of you up watching the game. Dead serious. That's 100% commitment.
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm concerned about what I'm
2: going to see. As you know, I hold you in high esteem. Super high esteem, as a matter of fact. But I'm concerned about this other side I'm going to to see of you.
1: Yeah, it's the most primal you're ever going to see me. I will be screaming... If they're doing well, I'll be screaming. If they're doing poorly, Uh, you might see absolute despair. You might see absolute ecstasy. The the range is as wide as Missouri's range, and as we both know, Missouri has a wide range. But it is definitely going to be a different side of me because it's like I don't like. I try to keep level headed as much as possible throughout my day to day life, especially professionally. But I eventually you have to have an outlet to let that loose, and that is certainly basketball, more specifically Missouri basketball.
2: Are you going to be watching the game by yourself?
1: If we do a live stream, then yes, I will be. Uh, I'll just have my laptop up, and because
2: uh, I, I and there will be a gentleman in there filming you.
1: Uh, either that or on my own personal laptop. I'm open to anything. I'll talk to KG and O-town about how the whole setup will work. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be eye-opening for some because it is. It gets really intense, and if it's a close game, especially like. You, you're gonna see me get really upset. Like, do you throw things? Do you hit things? Do you weep? What's go? What goes no on? No weeping. Usually don't throw things. Uh, it's more so I'll slap my table a little bit. Uh, obscenities just flying left and right. Uh, but then also when they're doing well, same thing. Yelling, fired up. Let's go. You know, slap the ground like I'm playing defense, kind of thing. It's I, it, like I said. I need an outlet to let you know. Let the let the beast out, and this is certainly it. it. Outside of playing the sport of basketball, this is when I get like the most primal.
2: All right. Well, that's something that we're going to be able to see. By the way, Lenardi has Kansas, Alabama, UCLA, and Houston as his four number one seeds. Uh, the first four out. Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Arizona State, and North Carolina. A team Boy. that is playing for the NCAA championship, currently on the outside looking in. Uh, from the SEC he has Mississippi State a team that took Missouri out as the last four in so there is the latest from bracketology you are welcome to give your thoughts by texting into the program 3143999646 Darren Pang is going to join us at 10:45 we have Jackson's Wednesday worksheet classes and session work baby sheet coming up on the other side of the break and it leads with an adam wainwright question that is next this is balloon party driven by Munganas st louis acura on 101 espn
0: we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
2: welcome back this is balloon party on 101 espn and it is driven by Munganas st louis acura Alton Toyota, and altontoyota.com. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. Darren Pangoy to join us coming up at 1045. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to get involved in the show via the 101 ESPN app. You are welcome to use it to leave a mic drop. And, of course, you are welcome to text in the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. It is time for the Wednesday worksheet.
1: Yep. Yep, the class is in session, and we got some homework due. All right, first question. Is Adam Wainwright starting the first game of the World Baseball Classic a good sign, in your opinion, that what we saw earlier this spring and maybe late uh, in the regular season last year was an outlier? Do you think it's more of a seniority thing? Uh, Is it possibly like the episode of South Park where the team really, really, really wants to lose?
2: Wow. Out of nowhere. I mean, an Adam Wainwright, like breaking ball right there at the end.
1: Well, you know, just a, a little uh, tongue in cheek there. Um, I didn't wow, have w- attacking Adam Wainwright in
2: St. Louis. My goodness. I What's love Adam next? Wainwright. The NBA score in the Sports Center update.
1: <laughs> I love Adam Wainwright more than anything, but I think most can admit what we saw earlier this spring and late last season was not his A stuff.
2: Uh, I don't see it as the last option, and candidly, I'm (laughs) offended, and I hope you tweet out an apology at some point, and then I will uh, use my 15 burners to attack you and uh, see if I can get you fired. So that's what I'm going to do this afternoon. Uh, I don't think that it is necessarily an indication either of a lack of concern so much as, hey, this guy has done it for a number of years, and we are going to show him respect by giving him the ball to start things off. I'll tell you what. I think it will be a, a, a real straightforward with everybody. I have such little interest in the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not a popular opinion. Don't really care. It's how I feel, so I say it. But uh, I will actually be watching to see what Wainwright does because as a Cardinal fan and somebody who hosts a show in St. Louis, uh, this performance will be more indicative of where he is than anything that's gone on in his first couple starts at spring training, which at the moment um, certainly have people paying attention to that velocity and also with the way that the 2022 regular season finished off.
1: Yeah, I, and I agree with uh, your, the first part you were saying about, yeah, it's a respect thing, and as they should. I love Adam Wainwright. I hope people understood the last part was a joke.
2: Right? I still want to see that apology, though. Right. Are you going to have a PR firm do the apology, or are you going to tweet it out? And,
1: Here, I'll do it right gonna... now, right in the air. I apologize to Adam Wainwright. Uh, and the entire Team USA World Baseball Classic team. I root for the Stars and the Stripes, and I want to see nothing but the best from both Adam Wainwright and Team USA in perpetuity. Um, I love Adam Wainwright. I got to see him play since I was in the third grade, and it's awesome that at almost 25 I still get to watch him play. So that's uh, what I'm saying, and he deserves all the respect in the world because he's been an absolute great pitcher and an absolute great ambassador. Ambassador for the game of baseball. So getting to start in game one, I think, is an awesome way to show him that respect.
2: I would like an apology to the, the Cardinals and in particular uh, the fans.
1: Yeah. then they pay their hard-earned money to see him play. So I, I completely neglected that. And that's on me. Thank you. Uh, second question. Do you think the path to the majors is a little too jammed up at the moment for Mason Wynn with all the young talent they have in the middle infield? What will they have to do? What will he have to do to earn a spot on the major league roster? Do you think due to the middle infield depth that they currently have, we may see him in a trade package come the trade deadline?
2: I'd be really surprised by the lap. Well, you're just throwing breaking balls here on uh, at the end of these this, uh, yeah, what's yeah, this is
1: called again? The Wednesday works. wrap up? Yeah, Wednesday worship. There's a 4,000 level class here. You gotta, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, I wasn't prepared for it. I don't even have my bachelor, so I'm just not ready for this. Uh, no, I do not see that coming. Uh, if it does happen, then that would mean either the Cardinals are acquiring a huge, most likely, pitcher, uh, who would be a free agent at the end of the season, and uh, or they see something over the next handful of months that would indicate that they are not as high, perhaps, as they are at the moment on him. Uh, it's certainly um, a good problem to have, I suppose, but I think you are seeing, and you saw yesterday, as a matter of fact, and you'll see it again today because Jordan Walker is in the lineup as the Cardinals take, the, uh, take on the Yankees. They're on the Gulf side of the state, uh, taking on the Tigers yesterday and the Yankees today. that the the future is here. You may not see Hence, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker all up with the Cardinals to start the season. You might not see a couple of them in 2023 with the Cardinals. I'd be shocked if you don't see Walker at the start of the season. Um, But this is the future, and that's an incredibly exciting part of the Cardinal organization because you look at the present and you have two possible Hall of Famers, in Goldschmidt and Arnado, I would bet heavily that Arnato is a Hall of Famer. If Goldschmidt can have a couple of years, even 80% like what he had in his MVP season of 2022 uh, to wrap up his career, that would really make a case, and it's possible. It's not something I would bet on at the moment, but I think the, the door is open more to Hall of Famers than perhaps 20 years ago casting a wider net, and I think Adam Wainwright, without some Uh, Injury seasons could have been in the mix for Cooperstown. I still think he could get in as a broadcaster, but you also at the same time have the guys who I think will be playing into the thirties with the Cardinals playing with a guy who started his career playing with Albert Pujols, Jim Edmonds, Scott Rowland, Chris Carpenter, and Yadier Molina. So the, generational ties of Cardinal baseball. They they carry all the way back. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing how you can tie, like, for example, Mark McGuire played with Albert Pujols in 2001. Ozzie Smith shut it down in 1996. In 1997, Mark McGuire arrived. Uh, Ozzie Smith arrived in St. Louis just a couple of years after Lou Brock shut it down. Luke Brock, of course, played with... Gibson, and then you can go back to Musial, and it just ties all of this in, and so St. Louis has had these faces of the franchise that also wind up being incredible ballplayers, and oftentimes great people in the St. Louis community, certainly more often than not, and uh, and I think you are likely seeing that right now with names that aren't necessarily household names, unless you're big-time Cardinal fans, but I think will become household names over the next couple of years, and I expect Mason Win. To become one as well
1: yeah and you talked about quickly there tank hence man does he have some filthy stuff i mean we oh my
2: s- god the movement is ridiculous yeah
1: to get that velo and then the break on the on the curveball is nasty and you combine that with Libertor. it's really exciting for the future on top of all the other great prospects that they have uh next question we've talked a lot about sports and streaming services and then you look at someone like netflix netflix carries no live sports rights yet have created a large library of sports content, including Full Swing, the PGA thing, Drive, the F1 documentary, Breakpoint, a tennis documentary, and of course, The Last Dance about Michael Jordan. Do you think other streaming services recognize what Netflix is doing and may shift their attention from trying to broadcast the games themselves and instead stick to this bread and butter of featured sports content?
2: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the ability that Netflix has because of the budget that Netflix has. But I think what you have seen, I think really more so with F1 than anything else, uh, is how that series made fans of people who otherwise had no interest in the sport. And to me, there is no greater testimonial for a television project than that. I think that is what the partial goal of Full Swing, the golf series on Netflix, is about because they will I, – I feel like I, – I mean, I've watched it all. Every episode explain what par is and how the cut works. And, of course, if you're a golf fan, you know that, but that's not necessarily who the show is for. They certainly know the hardcore golf fans going to watch, but they want to try to do what F1 did with Netflix. And so – from a hockey standpoint or a baseball standpoint the two sports that could use tapping into younger people who may not be hardcore fans right now that gives you the blueprint and it's just a matter of other streaming services would want to do that. They'd have to get the agreement with the leagues. But I think that, that absolutely is a way. I mean, the NFL, I don't think, was sitting there going, man, we could maybe make bigger fans of, of, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, which was the initial team on Hard Knocks, or our sport with it. It was just an idea that now, 20 years later, has made some people who could otherwise care less about the Detroit Lions fans, of the Detroit Lions, because they were the most recent and colorful team with their coach and their roster on hard knocks. So it's something that does work. We've seen it for a couple of decades going back to hard knocks, and we've certainly seen it recently with F1 and with uh, full swing. So I think it is a great idea, and I would love to see it in baseball, and I would love to see it in hockey. The thing is I wonder if the superstars would – agree to it because if you're making you know hundreds of millions of dollars you might be like yeah i'm not interested in wearing a mic and having every move i make follow you know and it just like a paul goldschmidt nothing against paul goldschmidt he's first class but that's just not who he is you know so i don't know if baseball would go that way because the absolute richest rich guys have real really no need for it and they may not feel like the game Is it a spot where they need it? I think the game could use it. I certainly think it could be a great thing with the NHL because the NHL has some incredibly entertaining personalities.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And I think it is a great point you raised about how, you know, a streaming service and the league and the network can work in – Harmony you know the last dance was ESPN and Netflix working together to create this and it drove a ton of traffic to ESPN drove a ton of traffic to Netflix it drives a ton of traffic to F1 drives a ton of traffic to Netflix it's a very symbiotic relationship I think that might be the wiser move than necessarily buying the rights to the sports Uh, final question since the NFL has left our fair city how much do you pay attention to the NFL draft and the goings and comings and comings and goings of the NFL trade deadline, free agency, et cetera?
2: Um, I don't know if I necessarily paid a whole lot of attention to it going back to a number of years ago, even when the Rams were here, because starting in January of 2012, to me, The story was about the Rams and whether or not they were going to be leaving St. Louis and then clearly when it became likely that they were leaving St. Louis to focus on that. And I felt like talking about the the on-the-field activity was disingenuous and almost like an unintentional smokescreen for the public uh, to ignore the scam that was going on. Um, So my point being, you got to go back to 2011, to the last time that I was really focused on the play on the field. So because of that, I haven't really been locked in on the draft, uh, so but it's it's a different set of circumstances than because the team moved. Uh, but I, I mean, I pay attention to it, but it's more of a casual, right? Yeah, observation. Say, what about you, Jackson?
1: Yeah, I would say, well, when the Rams were here, when I was a, a big fan, uh, certainly not the greatest time to be a big fan from about 2011 until. Oh, 2016 when they left, 2015 season. Uh, I was super locked in everything. I mean, looking every day, seeing, you know, mock drafts and what's going on with the trade deadline and what's going on with free agency. And now I'm complete, I'm so disengaged from it. Like I see Derek Carr the Saints. I see the money that they're going to Daniel Jones. And I just, I truly like talk to me in August right before the football season starts for fantasy football reasons. Outside of that, it just doesn't capture me anymore. And I think a lot of that is the, is the, Heartache is the wrong word, but it does encapsulate my feelings about the NFL.
2: There it is. Action Jackson and the Wednesday wrap-up is in the books. Darren Pang is going to join us here in about 10 minutes on the program. This is Balloon Party. driven by by St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN.
0: All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura. Uh, Darren Pang is going to join us in a matter of moments here on the show. Cardinals in action. They are on the Gulf side of the state, taking on the New York Yankees. And Jordan Walker will get a chance to see Garrett Cole today. Walker hitting third. Cole starting for the Yankees. Uh, And the Yankees uh, have everybody in the lineup. LeMayhew, Judge. Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, former Cardinal Harrison Bader goes up against his old team, Hicks, uh, all playing today for the Yankees. If you do take a look at the Cardinal lineup card, uh, you will see Nolan Gorman is playing third. That is not an indication of any position change. As you might expect, the Cardinals feel pretty confident about their third baseman. But Nolan Arnato, along with Goldschmidt, did not make the trip over to the St. Petersburg, Tampa area to take on the Yankees. So they're back uh, here in Jupiter, and that is uh, just a chance for Gorman to get four to five at-bats. That is per John Denton, who has joined us on this show before. So I don't think that that necessarily means that Nolan Gorman is going to be making the switch to another position, but they're just getting him at-bats today while uh, Donovan – We'll start at second base. It's Donovan Carlson, Walker, Yepez, uh, Gorman, Burleson, Barrera win for the Cardinals today as they take on the Yankees, and they will take on Nicaragua tomorrow as uh, the World Baseball Classic festivities uh, get underway here. Uh, So with all of that said, keep an eye on that as Gorman is doing some raking, Carlson as well, and of course Jordan Walker. Walker versus Cole today is something I am looking forward to taking a gander at and see how that one goes,
1: Jackson. Absolutely, yeah. I can't wait to see how he looks against top-tier pitching. Uh, Where do the Yankees play, like near Tampa? Yep. Yeah, i was curious to see how he plays on the golf side.
2: Uh, Jake Woodford uh, is starting for the Cardinals and uh, he has pitched at Steinbrenner Field. He was uh, pitching there in the Florida high school state tournament years ago, and he pitched there uh, when he was in high A ball as well. So he returns. He will have family and friends watching as the Cardinals go up against Harrison Bader and the Yankees this afternoon. Uh, And then head back to Jupiter following the game. Darren Pang is going to join us coming up here in a matter of moments as the Blues lose last night. I don't think we're going to spend much time specifically on that, but I want to get his perspective on the season. uh, Doug Armstrong's decisions and where things go from here for the Blues. And I'm sure plenty of you have questions about that as well. And, you know, Panger is always straightforward with his opinions on things and talks to plenty of people around the league with his travels and his appearances on TNT. 314-399-9646 is how you can text in your questions. For Darren Pang, who joins us coming up next here on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN.
0: We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It is driven by Munganast, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan and action, Jackson with you to the top of the hour when BK and Ferrario take over. And right now, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program the great. Darren Pang, morning Panger. <laughs> I don't feel really great right now. To oh be no! Let me let me let me yeah. talk you through it.
0: Jackson's better at helping people, but but let's let's workshop this. What's the problem? Well, I, you know, John Kelly and I did our best last night in Arizona. I hopped on a red <laughs> eye here in Detroit uh, at the morning skate, getting ready for a TNT game tonight. So I I'm not at my bed. I need another coffee. I need to percolate a little bit more. Get things going. I, but lo- I did I, have a good I, hot stove with a bunch of the uh, the former Blues. And uh, had David Perron and Jake Wallman and Billy Huso and and uh, Robbie Fabry and we were throwing things throwing things around and they were asking a lot of questions about how the boys are doing and how they're hanging in there. So still they're far away, but they still care about what's going on in St. Louis.
2: Yeah, what was it like to uh, to see those guys? I know the Red Wings uh, have a, a good young core, certainly struggling as of right now. But uh, what did they uh, what did they have to say?
0: Yeah, I mean they, they, you know, they've gone through a little bit of what the Blues have gone through. They, they, they you know, I'm not saying overachieved, but they put themselves in a playoff position. They're beating good teams. They have this, you know, new culture and new competitiveness going on here in Detroit. And and then they lost a couple of games to Ottawa. They made some moves and they made some trades. And you know, we know what that's like in St. Louis when that happens. And especially the Ryan O'Reilly trade just kind of sucks a little life out of you and it takes a little bit of that jump out of you and that hope out of you. So I think they're feeling the same way here, but all in all, I think they've got something going really, really, really good here in, uh, in Detroit. So, um, but it's interesting, you know, you know, Tim, that you, you uh, like it, you, you just listen to them and they're like Billy Huso walks in and goes, yeah, I watched that game last night. And David Prawn's like, you watch the whole game. It's get some sleep already. And, says, <laughs> it, you know, like Billy said, you watch the game. And David goes, yeah, of course I watched the game. I watched, you know, so I mean, they still. Uh, you know, there's still that that attachment and that care for uh, you know for some of the buddies that are that are still there in St. Louis.
2: Yeah, the uh, the Blues losing last night to the Coyotes. Panger in Detroit, as he will be on the TNT broadcast of the Blackhawks and the Red Wings this evening. What did you think of what uh, Doug Armstrong had to say on Friday, Panger, as the trade deadline uh, came? to a close and of course the blues one of the most active participants from the seller side and really what was a straightforward message which i think uh, most fans really appreciate uh that hey this is going to be a process but this is something that we had to do and here is what our timeline is to get back to where we want to be what did you think of what doug armstrong had to say
0: well the best part that i that i thought he said was uh you know, everybody wants to put a number on it. They want to. They want to call it a, a retool. They want to call it a reboot. They want to call it a whatever they want to call it. And they says, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I, I but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so you, you know, you, you know, you you you, you trust the, the man that's uh, put the blues in an unbelievable position for the. I mean, I've been here 14 years and. You know, it's uh, it's only the third time that the team has missed the playoffs, and one of them was by one point, and they still almost had yeah. 95 points. So, yeah, You know, but but you know, at, you know, at this particular point, um, you know, you look to the future. You got to figure out what went, what 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 happened, what went wrong, why was it not as competitive, why was the team not as consistent um, as they were last year? They had 109 points. What did they do? Was it one player leaving? And David Perron? Was it? You know, was it uh, was it was it that kind of formula that uh, that is missing? Um, And I I mean, I I think Army is a straightforward guy. He Probably had more press conferences that he wanted to have down the stretch. Um, And then, you know, addressing the emotions of Torpchenko's comments and then of the coach's comments and then of Robert Thomas's comments to to back up the players. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I thought one part of me said that's healthy. You know, I like that Robert Thomas stepped up after you know after what was said and somewhat challenged or questioned by by Craig Berube. I was like, that's that's great. I, you don't want meek and mild. You don't want guys sitting back there going, oh yeah, you know. He stepped out and said, we do care. You're wrong, and I I, I like that a lot. And uh, and so you know, I I and I think we've all been in some some. Form in an organization. I'm, it doesn't have to be sports, but you can be somewhere where you know that morale is down. You've been on how many how many radio stations have you been on carrying the low? Oh, stations? Panger, I have been on every low-powered AM right, station right. in the Midwest. Like you and Jackson have been trying to carry it, and sometimes morale's high, sometimes it's low. You hear about ratings, and ratings are low. Oh my goodness, everybody, the ratings are high. All oh, we're the best in the world. I mean, I think you know that's that's just natural, and I think the the Blues players are going you know, through that right now. And then, you know, last night, the first game for Jacob Veron it's only what, not even a half a dozen for, for Kasperi Kapanen. And there were times last night where they look like an NHL team. And there were times last night that they, they've got a long way to go. So um, this is going to be a real, you know, the evolution of having young players take over the reins and play against the other team's top players. But um, anyway, it's going to, challenge is going to be that uh, we keep, you know, you keep the spirit going and hopefully the Blues fans do the same thing and understand and come out on Thursday night, tomorrow night and, and uh, give them support and the Blues give them a hard hockey game.
2: I I said to the audience in the previous segment uh, to send in any questions they may have for you. And this is one I was going to ask anyway, because I'm curious what you are hearing and anything that you have seen with regards to Connor Bedard. So this comes from the 618. Is it realistic for the Blues to pay any price and do whatever they can possible to move to the number one pick? I thought this sounded ridiculous at first, but the more I hear and see a Connor Bedard, I think it's an absolute must. Uh, The Blues currently with a 5% chance of uh, winning the NHL lottery, what have you? Uh, first off, there's that question. If you would like to tend to that, and then also, I'm curious what you have heard and or seen anything with regards to Bedard, Panger.
0: Well, the you know the the, the numbers. I mean, if a team has an 18 percent chance of of winning the first overall pick, well, the rest of the league has you know a 90 percent or 80. 2% chance or whatever the math is. I mean, so there's no there, there's no guarantees. I mean, here I am in Detroit and there was a couple of years where they they were in the number 4 spot and the number 6 spot and they didn't they didn't move from the number 4 to the number 6 spot. And then there was a year that Philadelphia went from number 12 to number 2. Mm-hmm. So they moved up to maximum 10 spots. I mean, there's no guarantees that you can even trade your picks to the worst team in the NHL and and guarantee that you're going to get the first overall pick. So, I mean, you're 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 going to get a you're going to get a good player if you're in that you know, if you're picking, I think in that probably that top 10, uh, in the draft, I mean, you're going to, you're, you're going to get a guy that's going to be solid for you in the future, but you know, would Doug Armstrong make a maneuver, you know, to, to send one of his three draft picks to a team and do the old Montreal Canadiens, Sam Pollock move way back in the seventies and get Gila Lafleur? Hey, listen, I, I don't put, put anything by army and what, what's up his sleeve. Um, and then how he, how he does it is stealth-like, but, uh, you know, most of his moves get done just before the, the draft, babe. He's never been a guy that's done a whole lot at the trade deadline day. This year, maybe a special situation with all the UFAs and he moved them out at the right time, got his assets, got his picks, and he's loaded right now. So with, with picks, and then that's, that's a great thing for the future of the club.
2: Darren Pang with us. I know you got to go, and you are tending to your business for TNT. Always enjoy the conversation, Panger. Thank you so much, especially on short rest. An impressive performance on short rest when you needed it, and you delivered it. And I know Jackson and I are very
0: appreciative. Well, I was looking for more from Jackson. Like I needed a a, a co-analyst for this segment, he didn't really. I I, really
2: did. You
1: know, yeah, he's been
2: disappointing for for
1: years. Actually, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of my thing. (laughs) It's your brand.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, well, Jackson, that was really well put. Thank you for that. Yeah.
1: That's my one <laughs> contribution, I guess, it's the W. Yeah, there it was. Thank you, Panger. Thanks, Panger. Have a great day.
0: I'll see you tomorrow night at the game because I know you both will be there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Darren
2: Pang with us here from Detroit. Uh, all right, uh, we got to go ourselves as well, but he's on uh, he's on responsibilities for TNT, and I believe he is going to be sitting down with uh, some players and coaches up in Detroit. Uh, so we will be shutting it down as BK and Ferrario will be coming in next uh, for Action Jackson. I am Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mung and I asked St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.